Hello, I'm Mike Patra, and I'm the host of the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. Come join us as we go game by game, breaking down our top plays, fades, values, pivots, and talk overall strategy for both tournaments and cash games. And the best part, we're doing this seven days a week. So come check us out. That's Hoopball DFS Today. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Patria for any updates, listener contests, and DFS information. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Liz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams, and this is Hoop Ball Grizz. Coming to your post-game. After the Memphis Grizzlies get their first win of the bubble against the Oklahoma City Thunder, 121-92. to Huge win. Huge win for the Grizzlies. It does a lot to the mathematics, what happens, who can do what, who can do yada, 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 so on and so forth, who can catch them, who can't catch them. Today's win makes a huge difference. The Grizzlies are setting in really good shape. Their pressure is... Obviously, they still got a little bit of pressure, but the pressure is definitely on the teams that are chasing them right now. So the win today, what it done for the Grizzlies. Well, hold on. I'm going to run through the box score. Let me run through the box score real quick, and then we'll jump into that. But we're going to break all of that down. Big, big win for the Grizzlies today. If you haven't realized it yet, I'm rolling solo. Sam is still a little bit under the weather, having a rough time, non-COVID related. Thank goodness, Sam. I hope you get better, man. Well, let, let's jump into it. Grizzlies, 121-92, gets their first win of the bubble. Let's go. I didn't think it was going to happen. They just could not get past that hump. The Thunder rested some people today. The Grizzlies just wanted it. They just looked like they wanted it. Even after a slow start, they started off terrible and then turned it around and ended up finishing strong. Oh, Kyle Anderson, seven points, three rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block. Anthony Tolliver started this game, which was a little bit of a surprise. Um, Coach Jenkins kind of talked about it um, before the game, bringing Clark off of the bench to play with that second unit he thought was the best thing. And I think Tolliver was a, a pretty solid fit with the the starting lineup. Not saying that Tolliver is better, but right now, good call. Good call. So Tolliver had eight points, five rebounds. Valanchunas... Double-double, 19-11, two assists, one still one block. Dylan Brooks, 22 points, six rebounds, four assists. John Morant, 19 points, four rebounds, nine assists. Brandon Clark, 12-8 and eight off the bench. Gorgie Zhang, 12-7 and seven off the bench. Grayson Allen continues to be hot in the bubble. 11 points, one rebound, one assist. De'Anthony Melton, still not, still not looking good on the offensive end. But he did uh, put up some D'Anthony Melton-type numbers today. Four points, seven rebounds, four assists, two steals. He was pesky and got the job done. There were some other uh, garbage-time numbers from Gudrich. He had three, and Yuta had four. But those guys are not going to play when it really comes down to it. They came in in the garbage time and just soaked up the end of the game. But again, huge, huge win. I was kind of joking, messing around a little bit before the game, and I tweeted out my keys to victory. The keys to victory were uh, Josh Jackson elbow dropping CP3 with a Jimmy Snuka elbow drop, 
and then Yuta and Conchar getting Steven Adams with a 3D. Uh, well, yeah, I think Steven Adams got a little bit scared and decided he was going to set out, so yay for the Grizzlies. But what I want to do right now, the I, I said, you know, I was talking about the, the playoffs and this race and what this win does for the Grizzlies. So shout out, I want to thank the guys over at Fast Break Breakfast. They've been really good about it. As soon as this happens, they're popping the numbers up. I could do all the math myself, but why do all the math when somebody else has already done it for you? Appreciate you guys. So right now, when the Grizzlies won this game, the records for, in order for the teams chasing them to pass them, go like this. If the Grizzlies lost their remaining three games, the Suns, Pelicans, Spurs, and Kings all have to win out in order to pass the Grizzlies. The Kings lost tonight to the Nets, so they're mathematically eliminated. They cannot catch the Grizzlies at this point. The Suns have to run the table. I'm going to go over their opponents. Here's the deal. Another team is eliminated from this race because the Pelicans and the Spurs play each other on Sunday. So whoever loses that matchup is mathematically eliminated from that point if the Grizzlies lose out from here. Hope that doesn't happen. If the Grizzlies win another game, we don't even have to have this conversation. Then really the only worry is do the Blazers do enough to overtake them for the eighth seed so the Grizzlies have to win twice. We'll see. But So Suns have to run the table. Pelican Spurs play each other, so they kind of eliminate. One of them is going to be eliminated after that game. We'll see what happens there. Um, that That's going to be a huge game. I don't know which way I want that to go, to be honest with you. I, I'm not sure. I don't know that I want to take a chance. I would rather the Grizzlies just go ahead and win another game. And you look at paper, their next three opponents – it doesn't look good for them. They've got the Raptors, Celtics, and Bucks. But the good news, those three teams don't really have much to play for. So they could be resting guys, and that could definitely work in the favor of the Grizzlies. But let's talk about it. Let's talk about what happens if the Grizzlies lose out against the three teams that on paper, if everybody's playing, the Grizzlies are not going to be favored. So the Suns, their remaining opponents look like this. They have the Miami Heat tomorrow on the 8th, Saturday. So Miami Heat, and then Monday they have the Thunder. Tuesday they have the Sixers, and their last game is against the Mavs. So what happens here? What what goes on for the Phoenix Suns? Are they capable of running the table? Well, going into the bubble, my answer to that question would have been a hard no I thought it was a joke that they got invited, and then they show up. And the Suns obviously didn't think it was a joke. They come out, they're their only undefeated team in the bubble right now. So, yeah, there is a shot that they could run the table and put some pressure on the Grizzlies to win another game. But but this is what they're looking at. So the Miami Heat game, Miami at this point doesn't really have much to play for. I, I don't know what's going to happen there. So that game is up in the air. This is the game The game that I look at right now for them that is a possibility, a strong possibility for them to lose is the Thunder. The Thunder just dominated the Lakers. They set some guys. They rest some guys against the Grizzlies, allow the Grizzlies to win. 
what Thunder team do they play on Monday? And that's going to be the question. I, I think that they can beat the Heat. I think that the Suns can beat the Heat. I don't know what kind of, you know, the the stuff with Jimmy Butler and all of that, like where that's going to go. But with without Jimmy Butler, he may be back at that point. But that game, they can win that game tomorrow against the Heat. The Monday game against the Thunder, I think, is a big game for the Suns. For the Grizzlies, you want to see them go ahead and I would love it if they just went ahead and dropped this game to the Heat tomorrow and then, boom, they're out of the equation. We don't have to talk about it. We're good to go. Unfortunately, that's not the case. The Sixers game on Tuesday, Sixers have got nothing. They're not going to gain or lose any ground by playing. So, you know, Embiid rests during the season anyway. You know he's probably going to be resting for this game or playing very few minutes. They're going to try and keep their guys healthy for when they get into the playoffs. And the final game is against the Mavericks. I honestly, I've got to look at the standings there. I know there's some shifting that could possibly go on. Those guys obviously won't lose their spot in the playoffs, but let me pull the standings up and see. So in the West right now, you have the four, five, and six seeds. So the Rockets, Jazz, and Thunder are all within one game of each other. So the Mavs, like, they're they're basically locked into the seven seed. They're two and a half games back of the Thunder. I guess technically they can move up into the six seed. But if you're Oklahoma City, you're probably not going to, you don't want that to happen. You want to win one of your remaining games. I've honestly not looked at the Thunder schedule to see. I just know that they do play the Suns on Monday, and maybe they're looking at that. That's our game that we need to win. But there's there's been a lot of chatter about strength of schedule and how this bubble was made for the Pelicans and their schedule was you know purposely weaker than everybody else's. That's not the it wasn't made for the Pelicans. I really like. It's super weird the way that the NBA done this. The way I don't know how they came up with it. I don't know the thought process behind it. It's been great to watch. I do know that. But this strength of schedule for the Pelicans didn't necessarily work out in their favor because of the guys that they're playing, the teams that they're playing down the stretch. On paper, look like lesser teams but these lesser teams that have stuff to play for are more dangerous than the Bucks, who are setting Giannis and Middleton in the second half or the Celtics who've got nothing to play for. So who are they going to play? You know, are the Grizzlies going to even see Tatum and Kimba and, and um, Brown? Are they going to play the bench team? It, it's, Strength of schedule on paper heading into this bubble is one thing, as opposed to where we are now. We're closing up these eight ga- these eight games, and now teams have nothing to play for. So why risk it with your stars? Get them out there, play them a few minutes, keep them sharp, get them back on the bench, and may- maybe they don't play at all. That's uh, the the Utah Jazz. Their entire starting lineup minus Joe Ingles was hurt today, resting, you know. What are the Pelicans going to see? What are what are these guys going to see 
the rest of the way. What you know? What lineups are the Suns going to face to close out this season? Is it going to be enough? Are these teams going to put enough of a lineup on the floor that somebody is going to beat the Suns? Because they're playing good basketball right now. Devin Booker is balling out. That's not a surprise. If you don't know who Devin Booker is, you need to watch more basketball. He's a baller. It's it's nuts. It's nuts. It's so much. This bubble and what we've got right here going on, it could all change. Like, it could all change in the next two days. And it's like, okay, it's going to be the Blazers and the Grizzlies in this play-in game. It could be that. But right now, it's not. Right now, it is still. You've got a five-team race here that's close that could really go Either way, any of these teams are capable. The, the Blazers have got to go 2-2 two and two to pass the Grizzlies for the eight seed. So they've got the Clippers, the Sixers, the Mavs, and the Nets. Out of that schedule right there, the Nets are the hardest out because these other three teams are probably going to be resting people. Kendrick Perkins tweeted out earlier today that it wouldn't surprise him if the Clippers set PG and Kawhi tomorrow to try to vault the Blazers into that eight spot because they want the Lakers to have a harder road. If you're a playoff team and you're running into the Blazers, I don't know that like, okay, you want the Lakers to have a harder road, but who are you, who are you more afraid of? Are you really that the Lakers, what this bubble, these eight games have shown with them, Avery, Avery Bradley's out. Rajon Rondo may be coming back shortly. But they have no depth. They have no I, – I don't know. Obviously, you've got LeBron, one of the greatest players of all time. You've got Anthony Davis, another great player. They have the front end of the Lakers is, is pretty strong, but their bench is garbage. They have zero depth. When Rondo comes back, you, you get a little bit of it back, but not that much. And is it still that scary? In a seven-game playoff series, death is going to make a difference. The Clippers are a deep team. The Clippers in a seven-game series beat the Lakers because of depth. I don't know. If I'm a playoff team, I might be more scared of Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers because of their depth. They're fresh. You know, yeah, everybody's had some time off, but, you know, Nurkic is coming back off of that injury, and he has been a monster since coming back. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not convinced that it's the right play to bench to you know force the Lakers to have a, a harder matchup in the first round. I think Damian and, and the the Blazers could actually beat the Lakers. That could be a test that maybe you know that that might knock LeBron out right there in the first round. I don't know. It's just so. These games, it's so hard to predict. <laughs> like, if you're a betting man and you're having to choose, like, you're looking at these odds and it's like, okay, I've got, um, I've got the Clippers minus three against the Blazers. Oh man, like, is everybody gonna play? Are the, the Blazers are playing good right now. Maybe, maybe I'm taking the Blazers either way, but I can't imagine that it's easy to bet on the NBA right now because of the amount of people that are resting and, and all of the chaos that this is, this bubble is kind of bringing to the game. And I've kind of run off a little bit from the Grizzlies stuff, but all of this stuff affects the Grizzlies in 
you want to stay in the eight seed where they have to beat you twice. So the Grizzlies really need to just win another game to make that possible. They win one more game and the pressure's on the Blazers to run the table. So it's there, there's a lot to it. There's a ton to it. The Grizzlies have got to take care of business. They haven't been doing that. They did beat the Thunder today. Thank goodness. Played well. Got, uh, you know, pretty much everybody was eating. And that's what you're, you're going to need a team effort if you're going to win, if the Grizzlies are going to make it to this first-round playoff series against the Lakers. It's going to have to be a team effort. When you lose a guy like Jaron Jackson – you can't replace him. It's not possible. You don't have anybody on your team that has a skill set that he has. You're not going to replace him with anybody that's on that bench. I love Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark is not Jaron Jackson. So let's move on. I said that the Blazers, they play Clippers, Sixers, Mavs, and Nets. You want to see them lose a couple of those games if you're the Grizzlies. You would love to see them lose three. I don't know if they're going to do that the way that they've been playing, and also because of everybody resting players. So it's going to be a lot going forward. The Grizzlies honestly just need to take care of business on their own so they don't have to depend on somebody else to help them get there. This experience is great for the young team, even though Jaron is out. There's a lot of key pieces that are still out there playing, getting this experience, and even if they make the play-in game, they get to the first round against the Lakers and they get swept out, it's playoff experience. If they get swept out of the series against the Lakers, okay, it's playoff experience. It's still a good thing for them. Obviously, Jaron's not going to be back for it. He, you know, it doesn't matter. The Ja Morant, Kyle Anderson... Dylan Brooks, DeAnthony Melton, all these young guys that are going to get that experience moving forward, you can't replace that. You cannot. So this is what the Grizzlies have. Sunday you've got Toronto, the defending champions. Nothing to play for at this point. Do they rest players? Do they play everybody? Don't know. It's an un, It's going to be a lot of unknown until you get to game time. And even if they rest players, are they going to have enough to still beat the Grizzlies? Because the Grizzlies are missing some key pieces. Tyus Jones is still not back. Jaron Jackson, you know, you're missing. The, the hole that Tyus Jones left when he went out was huge. A lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. Just because of the versatility of some of the guys that we got on the bench, I thought that the Grizzlies would be okay. But he really, that hole has been really, really big. So the Grizzlies still have to execute. Even if these guys are not playing everybody, they still have to go out and play their game and do things the right way in order to beat these teams. So the Raptors on Sunday, Celtics on Tuesday, and then they end their final game is Thursday against the Bucks. The Grizzlies win one of those games then they secure the play-in against the Trailblazers. If the Grizzlies win two of those games, then it forces Portland to run the table in order to pass them. Because it, that would put Portland, if Portland runs the table right now, Portland goes to 36 and 38. If Grizzlies win two games, they're 35 and 37. And the win percentages, Portland goes at a slight advantage. So that would move, that would slingshot Portland above them 
by just percentage points. So, you know, they need to win one more to guarantee the play-in against Portland. They really need two wins and a Portland loss to maintain the eight seed. Going to be a lot to watch. There, There's a lot of stuff to watch for the Grizzlies. There's a lot of moving pieces here. And then you still, you've got San Antonio that could still possibly, San Antonio and the Pelicans that are there if the Grizzlies lose the last three. So, I don't know, it's going to be a lot of head scratching, a lot of scoreboard watching for the Grizzlies. As fan, like Grizzly fans, I don't know that the team, you know, the team has said they're not really going to listen to what the media is saying. They're kind of closing it out and focusing on them and taking care of business. And that's the right, that's the right mindset to have. It's the right thing for them to do. As Grizzly fans, it's going to be a lot of stress for us. It's going to be a lot of crap for us to watch to be keeping up with. We want the Grizzlies to win one more game for sure. And that eliminates everybody except for Portland. Portland right now is setting one game back. San Antonio is two. Phoenix is two and a half. And the Pelicans just won, so they're going to be two and a half as well. And like I said, with the Kings loss tonight, they're too far back to catch us at this point. So we don't have to worry about the Kings, but you got the Pelicans, Suns, San Antonio, and Portland. All still in the hunt as of right now, but... Grizzlies took care of business tonight, 121-92 over Oklahoma City Thunder. Need them to do it at least one more time, and we get playoff basketball-ish. Playoff-ish basketball. At least a chance at real playoff basketball. This is still the uh, the bubble stuff. Going to be a fun next week for the Grizzlies. I've got nothing else for you tonight, guys. That That's all that, you know... I kind of wanted to break down the chase and what's going on. Who's got who left? Once, um, once the smoke clears a little bit, like especially like the the San Antonio Pelicans game is Sunday, so I will jump on. We'll talk about that. We'll we'll cover this chase as it goes on, moving forward to see who is who, what is what. Right now, the odds are Grizzlies are still favored for the eighth seed but only slightly over Portland. It's going to be close. Portland may chase them down, but I think they're still... Either way, the Grizzlies are in a good spot for the play-in game. Hopefully they can win one or two more games and force Portland to have to beat them twice. If I was a betting man, I'm saying it's going to happen. If you're a betting man, go check out our partner here at HootBall, mybookie.ag. He has more lines and better odds than any other sports book online. They've been around. It's easy, guys. You bet, you win, they pay you. Right now, my bookie is running a promo for us here at Hootball. You go over, you use the promo code Hootball. They're going to match your initial deposit, initial deposit, 100% of whatever you deposit. They're going to match it for you. Mybookie.ag, promo code is Hootball. Go check them out. Basketball, baseball, football, whatever it is that you want to bet on, I will guarantee you that my bookie has it. And there's going to be some stuff over there that they have that I guarantee you that you would not have think or you wouldn't think that they would have. MyBookie.ag is the site 
The promo code is Hoopball for a 100% initial deposit match. And they're going to throw in a little bit extra for an MLB futures bet. If you want to make that bet, if you're not sure, if you're not a baseball guy, go and listen to our guys at Hoopball Gaming, their show. Those guys have been doing a great job. They will help you out with some MLB futures bet. Better yet, find us on Twitter. You want a quick uh, response, conversation. Any of the guys at Hootball, they will get back to you as quick as they can. We like conversation. You will find the show on Twitter at Hootball Grizz. I am at DWill2111. Sam is at SammyB1118. Thanks for listening. Until next time, go Grizz. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.